Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Yeah, man, it's gonna be it's my boy, uh, 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 Shabadoo. Now, what's his name? Uh, oh, uh, Kissadoo. Kissadoo, my boy, Kissadoo, about to kiss y'all goodbye, man, for real. Kissadoo too much. Yeah, Kissadoo that, the that's most. That's his nickname. <laughs> Kissadoo the most. I cannot believe we oh, lost, man. man. We had the chance to beat Louisville. We had them folks, bro. We had them, bro. Did you see the team? Thanks that, a um, lot, 901 FC. Did you see the team that had, like, uh, they were called the Orange County. Yeah, or- we went to that one, too. In the regular yeah. season, we lost to Orange County because we had bad goalkeeping in that it, game. It had like, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, I, yeah. It was just a lot of disappointment down there with yeah, not man, a win. And at least my experience. Yeah, we ain't see, me and you together ain't saw no wins. Just yeah. bad vibes, bro. They got to split us up. Or let you, you break the damn guitar. <laughs> yeah, so, that's what it is. They got a curse, they got a curse the on them, man. On let me break the guitar. You're going to break the curse, man. For um, real. Let's get a Grizzlies win tonight and a Tigers yeah, win good. this afternoon. Yeah, it'll be sweet, man. We can do that. That'd be fantastic. I'm going to call you after game try to find out where you're at. Oh, yeah, we got to get together, man. He is uh he is Anthony Sane. Make sure you follow him on X at Sane Asylum. Make sure you check out his show on Bluff City Media, uh, the Anthony Sane Show. He's got plenty to talk about. Great talent here in Memphis. Certainly appreciate his time. We got the rundown to do. When we get back, we'll take you into hour number two. We'll still talk some more Memphis, Michigan. What's going on in college basketball again? Tennessee's got a big matchup today. Uh, against the number one team in the country in the third place game of the Maui Invitational. We'll talk more Grizzlies and much more when we get back. You're listening to Jason John, 929 FM, ESPN. Yeah, big game vibes certainly in the air. Uh, Memphis, Michigan today at 4 o'clock. Grizzlies, Houston. That one's big because Dylan Brooks been talking. It feels at least a little bigger than the records would indicate uh, because of what Dylan Brooks had to say. We'll talk about all that and much more as we start the rundown. Let's go. It's the Rundown with the biggest stories of the day from Jason and John on 92.9 FM ESPN. First story. Memphis Grizzlies at Houston tonight. Yes, playing a Rockets team that's 6-1 and one at home and a Rockets team that is a four-and-a-half point favorite going into tonight's matchup. We mentioned it. They were 6-3 and three at one point. Uh, have lost three straight now, albeit that was all three of them on the road. Uh, they were at the Warriors, at Lakers, at Clippers, uh, that West Coast swing, and lost all of them. Uh, this is a better team, certainly, than their record would indicate. I think if you're talking specifically about the defensive side, we mentioned they were good. Uh, here's the number. They're sixth in the league in defensive rating, and a lot of that is because of the man they acquired from the Memphis Grizzlies, Dylan Brooks, in a sign-in trade. We know that. Uh, Dylan Brooks... Had plenty to say. We discussed it with Sane, but I, I don't think we had the, the exact quotes. And here's what he told uh, the Houston Chronicle. You can see, Brad, I want to I, I see how you feel about this. See if the, if it bristled, if, if the hair on your arms bristled up when you heard Dylan Brooks' comments. You can see they have no swagger, yep. Brooks told the Houston Chronicle ahead of tonight's game. Uh, he said, uh, also said, it's the girlfriend, it's like the girlfriend you used to have. You don't know how good she is 
until she's gone. So uh, he made himself again the girlfriend, uh, to which Taylor Jenkins asked about Dylan Brooks's comments, uh, said this. That's an interesting comment. I've been happily married for 10 years with four beautiful kids. I've got a beautiful marriage. Nice little quip there. Nice little comeback by Taylor Jenkins. Yeah. Gets a couple points for that. Uh, what did you think about Dylan Brooks's fresh comments? What did you think this time? They change any way yeah. you sort of feel about this. We talked about when he said the Grizzlies scapegoated him in the Chris Mannix article, obviously. These new fresh comments, did they change anything? You got a, you got a, 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 a heated up hatred for, for Dylan Brooks based on these comments or no? I don't hate it. I actually thought we would we'd get something worse than this. I actually thought it would be a little more uh, vicious than this. I actually think this is light compared to some of the stuff we've seen from him, especially towards the Lakers and LeBron, the sunglasses, the whole routine. I do think it's going to be harder for him, and I'll be interested in, t- in your take on this because I heard you and Anthony talking about you know who's going to be his, his the guy. I think Bain's the target. Yeah, I really do. I, I, and he'll have a Cause, target because what does it look like? And 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 I I I, I, I listen saying and he he may end up being right in terms of going after these these broken wings that Memphis has. Some of the younger players maybe is who you make mm-hmm. the statement if you're Dylan Brooks against, but. You don't. My, that'd be my point. You're not making a statement, getting in those guys' faces, or, right. or or shutting those guys down, or doing a good job. You get. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you're a guy that called out LeBron James last year in the playoffs, right. got embarrassed by him, then came back and did it again this year in the regular season. Yeah. And I know you got the best of them, but my point is, Dylan Brooks ain't in the business of calling out the the seventh or eighth man in the rotation right. and going after him. Is my point. You would think. What's the point? The of that? Dylan Brooks that is talking and running mm-hmm. his mouth and saying this is who I am would go after a key guy like yeah. Bain. That's how you make a statement and, and shut him down as opposed to one of these wings, right? That, that yes. That's sort of the way I, I, I'm kind of hopeful it plays out tonight. He goes after one of the one of the little guys on this team, mm-hmm. one of the back of the rotation guys. You don't, you don't get yeah. any respect for that. It's not the same shutting down John Conchar as 100%. it is. 100%. And Bain is rolling, yeah. averaging 26 points. I will points. say this, though, and I respect I respect his defensive game, and it's going to be a challenge for a Desmond Bain to hedge because he's a great Screen hedger. He's a. I give him all credit. He's a good defender when he's on it. Now he can foul, but like I look forward to tonight's game because I want to see how Desmond Bain responds to that dude guarding him and hedging screens and trying to put put a body well, on my. That, you know. Well, that's a good point because as you point out, Desmond Bain is now key guy number one that defenses have game plan for, and we saw when Spolstra mm. and the Miami Heat knew that coming into the game, and you make Desmond Bain, again, the focal point that of guy. your defense, right. defensive game plan, mm-hmm. you can make it much tougher for him. And again, you figure a Houston defensive outfit that showed you yep. they're capable with a guy like Dylan Brooks up front. A guy, by the That's way, right. who he made Udoka said in the story, has asked for all the best guys when they've played against the Clippers, when they played against uh, the Lakers, whatever. He wants the best guy, mm-hmm. and so I'm expecting a, a a pretty full matchup between those two because again this is this is usually Dylan Brooks' mo. The and thing that right sucks now, is we're not again, healthy though. That's what sucks. Well, I know, you and know, you don't ass. you don't have you don't have any reinforcements, and so right. you can almost double down on just stopping Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson. I mean, take one of those guys out, right. and you got a pretty good way. And that's why you know the Grizzlies really need, and I'll be interested to see you know what happens with the starting lineup again tonight because you you saw the change from San Antonio to Boston. Do you keep Santi Aldama? in the starting lineup and go with Conchar and Bain as your guards. Again, it's not just Dylan Brooks out there. Mm-hmm. You got Bam Fleet. So can Conchar and Bain sort of keep up, or are you going back to a more traditional-looking lineup as you've done with Jacob Gilliard in there? So interested yeah. to see that again. You know, does Santi stay in or not? 
uh, it was a great defensive effort for the most part against Boston. Yes. So I wouldn't mind, again, just trying to replicate what you did, but realize, too, that defensively that might be a struggle trying to stop Van Fleet with, between Bain and Conchar. Like, who's who's stopping a, 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 a quick, lightning-quick Fred Van Fleet? He can get past you. You know, those Boston yeah. guards, Harrington made the point. He's absolutely right. Th- those Boston wing, they're bigger guys. Yep. And so you can match up a little bit better. And, again, you can get away with Conchar and Bain as your starters in the backcourt. I don't know if defensively you'll be able to do that tonight. Uh, but particularly we'll have that my eyes on that Bane uh, doesn't match up because it does feel like, I don't know if you ever saw Five Heartbeats, uh, Brad, that was the yes. movie that uh, Anthony Sane and I were referencing earlier, uh, Flash and Eddie Kang. Yeah. See, in, in this case, uh, Eddie <laughs> Kang, uh, who was Michael broke Ryan. down the movie, yeah. it's not like Dylan Brooks who got paid, but it, but the way I see it, he is Eddie <laughs> Kang in this sense. He looks at Flash with the Five Heartbeats mm-hmm. and he says, you, that's me. You, you're yeah. in my spot. You're in my spot. And that's I think that's how, that's yeah. how Dylan Brooks yeah. looks at Desmond Bay. You got to think about it. I mean, Sane laid sure. it out for you. I mean, Dylan essentially got demoted over the years. You got yeah. you got Jaron and then Ja comes along, you're thinking, okay, well, now I can be a big three. This is after, right? This is after yeah. you've been the guy, sort of. You were the guy they hit on in the draft. And and as you go on and you bring in Desmond Bain, and Desmond Bain gets better and better, a guy that you you know, some folks said don't take because his arms are too short. Uh, I'm and, and you see more right. of an offense, you know, more of the offensive load yeah. being handed to him year after year. Like I understand yeah. why Dylan Brooks feels the way he does, and yet I would still tell you he's misrepresenting the truth when he says they have no swagger. He knows that's not just because of him. When he says they have no swagger right now, he's absolutely right. John Moran is suspended for 25 games, and there is no swagger out there, mm-hmm. especially when, you again, you look at who's not playing for the Grizzlies, the bodies that are down, but more mm-hmm. importantly, the fact that you have job. But but the, here's yeah. the thing. It's not because Dylan Brooks is gone. Right. Dylan Brooks did add to the swagger, but we know that the reason the swagger is not there right now and the reason the swagger can be back later on this season is because of John Morant. So he's misrepres he's yes. telling the truth. There's no swagger with this three and ten Grizzlies team yes. right now, but he's saying it again, he's misrepresenting it, saying it's more about me than it is Ja. And that's yeah. where I have the problem with what Dylan said. Keep it real. Keep it real. And you again you know that the you were a part of the spirit. Right. But again, this team can get its swagger back if John Morant comes back, stays out of trouble. Uh, uh, stays available, and you get you know you get John Morant that's out here hooping and dunking on people and and making players around him better. More importantly, Jason, you got me fired up now because he. he let's bring up the girlfriend reference for a second. We all have these girlfriends in our life as as men through our lives that are beautiful. Like I had a um, when I was single in my twenties and I lived in Atlantic City. There was this girl that I I dated, and she was wonderful. Um, you know, I probably could have been with her forever. But unfortunately, she had some problems that was never going to change. Really? Yeah. And I, you know, um, she's very immature. In this case, the ex-girlfriend, Dylan Brooks, he was beautiful. He was a great, you know, girlfriend. And I was happy with him as our part of our, you know, our, our family. At one time. At one time. But we got this hot girlfriend named, um, uh, you know, Desmond Bain. And he could shoot. And he didn't run his mouth. And he complimented the other players. And then we were looking at this other person, and it was like, man, 
is there any way we can change so he can shut the hell up when we're playing LeBron James? Right. And the answer is no. So that was never that was the right decision. I don't regret it. I do. It does suck when we're rematching the guy that we're injured and and our best player is out. But like it was the right decision. My thing it, it wasn't just that he was running his mouth and called out LeBron and that went against what you were trying to do at that point as a team. You know, you you you'd, you'd run your Jenkins mouth too much. It. it wasn't just that. It was the fact that he couldn't hit a shot on the floor either, right. and then you had to demote him defensively yeah. because he was struggling, again, against LeBron James. You don't come and close out. Uh, uh, you're not the head guy like you claim to be, and you've got, you have got you have to shift Xavier Tillman onto LeBron. So that's the point. You you weren't even being the defensive key yeah. that you had been at the end. That's the thing about the girlfriend. If she's if she's, if she's she's talking like that and going against the grain, but she's still looking good and all that, that's that's one thing. But de- he was breaking down. He wasn't even beautiful he, he was, at that look, point. Listen, yeah. he had one foot out already, yeah. probably with a pretty good idea that if he could get out on the open market and get a sign and trade mm-hmm. done, he would get more money than what the Grizzlies were offering. And you got a Dylan Brooks that was one foot out, couldn't hit it, was killing your offensive efficiency. You were better when Kennard was on the floor as much as that was a drawback defensively. Offensively, it, it was a no-brainer. You had to have him. So, it, it, you know, yes, the organization sort of demoted him over the years by necessity because of what they drafted, but but Dylan Brooks also was bucking the system by the end of it. And, and yeah. he knows that, yeah. and he knows that, yes, that one time that girlfriend looked great, but the time that, you know, you moved on yep. and, and, and you matured and you realized that piece doesn't fit anymore, certainly at the price that we want it to. Mm-hmm. Again, that contract extension for, for 60 was out there, but you can't bring Dylan Brooks. He got more. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm slick happy for him yeah. because he's, he's having a good season. He's doing essentially with the efficiency numbers. Uh, he's doing essentially what you would have wanted him to fit in and do for you last season. Yeah. But here's the deal. It was never going to work here because of everything we just laid out, all the emotions, all the demotions and everything else and what he'd been, been through here, seeing himself as a focal point at one time and you basically telling him he's not, that you're fourth in the pecking order. And so this idea that you could get him to play like he's playing this year for Ime Udoko was never going to work here no. because of, like you said, because of your history. It's like a relationship. And it, you had too much bad history. There have been some great moments, mm-hmm. clearly, and I will never forget that series against Utah where he averaged like 26. Yeah. He's your defensive head. I mean, he was doing everything. It was like Batman and Robin out there with Ja, but times changed um, essentially because of hitting on Desmond Bain, yep. and it wasn't going to work anymore here. And so I wish Dylan Brooks the best. I hope we see some spirited action uh, tonight between him and Desmond Bain or whoever he decides to call out. Again, I tell you, go after one of the big dogs, uh, not after one of the back-of-the-rotation guys. That's more of a statement for Dylan. And, again, seems like more of his M.O. Uh, with, the, with the defensive stopper that, you know, he claims to be. But uh, that's tonight, 7 o'clock. You can get pregame here, uh, 6.30, right on 92.9 FM ESPN with the great Jessica Benson. Uh, Tip-off at 7. Next story. All right, we kind of touched on this at the end of the Anthony Sane uh, segment, but the Redbirds story over at the Daily Memphian uh, have talked about, have, have, have released a, a statement, did that yesterday, and they are disappointed uh, that they will not be getting funds in that deal. Fred Smith, obviously, we've been talking about it, sort of unlocked. That's the word we've used, and I think his family used, uh, what feels like uh, a possible way, to, again, to get both facilities, Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium done with his $50 million in, in addition to $50 million matching funds that the University of Memphis has said that it will raise and 120 million of the 350 in cash given to Memphis, you know, from the state. You've got enough on that side now, and hopefully, again, there is still a gap between what the Grizzlies have right now out of that cash and then where they need to be. I think they've told Hardiman. I think that number is 550 million 
on renovations, but there appear to be ways that you can get there, um, obviously. But who's left out in the cold? And I'll be real honest with you, this isn't news, and they must have known it here or at least seen the writing on the wall for a while. It's uh, it's AutoZone Park, and uh, certainly 901FC in terms of its immediate future here. We knew the deal. USL has required them essentially to get their own place. And initially in the big ask, uh, that was when Mayor Strickland went to the state asking for the state money for facilities in Memphis. Uh, a fifty million dollar, I, I don't, I think I've got the number right on that yep. one. Was was part of the proposal a fifty million dollar stadium for uh, the soccer team here, nine hundred one FC, and uh, we said it as soon as the, you know, essentially that you, when we got the number back from the state that it would be three hundred fifty million in cash, we said it the first time you got the number. There's not enough here. And it wasn't just not enough for, you know, AutoZone. It was, we don't know if there's enough to go around between what Memphis is saying it needs to do to Simmons Bank and then what the Grizzlies inevitably are going to need. We just saw a $400 million renovation at, uh, uh, in Indiana uh, with the Pacers place. We, we know this is going to be north of 400 450 and we see now, you know, it's 500 We knew uh, from the beginning that there wasn't going to be enough in terms of the state funds for this. Where was it going to come from? And that's the point. Um, 901FC must have known this now for a while because, again, the conversation has never been about how do we feed three. It's been about how do we feed two. And so while it does seem like right now uh, at least next season uh, we'll be down at AutoZone Park, uh, don't know about the future of the team. And, of course, uh, the Redbirds yesterday uh, released this statement that said, we are aware of the news that the city has come to a resolution on the stadium funding projects and are extremely disappointed that AutoZone Park, which was only asking a small fraction of state funding of the state funding, has been left out, Team President Craig Unger said in a statement released Tuesday night. Uh, while we would have liked to have had enough money to complete all the desires at AutoZone Park, that unfortunately was not the case this year. That, that Excuse me, that's from Mayor Strickland, yeah. who responded quickly uh, to this statement released by uh, the Redbirds and Craig Under. This, I mean, he just calls it, he, he this says is what good. it is. I think the, this is accurate. The, the this stadium is and the team are important to Memphis. Yeah which is why we have invested over $6 million over the last two years in a brand-new state-of-the-art scoreboard, right. entirely new field, and other amenities throughout the stadium. But he points out, right now, the, the two entities that, that must be fed right now are the, are the Tigers, who, again, don't just stand to get $220 million out of this deal if they can raise you know, their, their part of it with the $50 million, but it's also possible control right. of Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium and everything that potentially opens up. I mean, I, in that sense, the showboats become your tenant. Yes, Right, so you're talking about all new kinds of revenue streams. Southern Heritage Classic. It's, it's your yeah. control That's now right. instead of the city. That's right. And so while while I understand the the argument that okay, you know, we heard it said yesterday that you know from Strickland that the the Liberty Bowl has been a liability for the city, and that you could apply that same logic to say, well, it could be for the Tigers if if they're controlling everything concessions, they're now no longer a tenant. That's right. They're the one that's doing the renting, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's nothing but a good thing for Memphis. And more importantly, again, if you ever get the call up, as uh, Hardgrave, the president over Memphis, said, you know, once realignment opens again, it's a little bit different conversation. It isn't just about you, mm-hmm. as they did this last go-around, pointing to, you know, we've got plans, $200 million, uh, $200 million plans for Simmons Bank. It isn't just you pointing to that, to those presidents and, mm-hmm. and, and commissioners and everything else. You're now saying, and it's under our control. Right. And, and that's, it's different. Uh, and Memphis, you know, that, that program, I mentioned it yesterday, has sort of been at the, the, the mercy of whether it's the city with Simmons Bank or the Grizzlies with the, uh, the, the deal they've got to play at FedEx Forum. 
just a, a, a completely different day uh, in that program's sports history when you can talk about controlling one of those things. Again, a spot that they have not been in. And I fe- listen, I feel for Craig Unger. I know they wanted those you know, renovations down there, and I could tell you they could use them. I mean, they talked about one of the places, concessions. I mean, I, I spoke to that this year when we were down there for 901 FC, and it looked like the workers are just killing themselves trying to keep up. I mean, the, the point is it could use right. uh, uh, some serious upgrading in some of those areas, but whether it's that or, you know, this, this soccer stadium, there was never going to be enough to go around. Hopefully they've had enough time, having seen, Brad, the writing on the wall, right, to come up maybe mm-hmm. with a, a, a different funding plan or some other way they can go. But, you know, like I mentioned with saying, it just seems pretty doubtful that, uh, uh, again, at least 901 FC's future. Uh, remember, they got to, again, USL stipulates you got to be in your own place. Now, maybe they can rework something with USL yeah. and you can find a way where you can, uh, uh, um, you know, sort of uh, team up with the Redbirds and still occupy that thing. But uh, USL seemed pretty dead set on the fact that you had to have your own place. I, I want to be careful here because I want to be respectful to the USL soccer fans of Memphis 901 FC and then the baseball fans. Like I go to, I literally go to two or three baseball games a year and I, and I don't think most people are. So there are two things that I, I would bring up on the AutoZone thing. And I was more focused on the press release because it was supposed to be a happy day. And I, I get that Craig and Auto and Somebody guys, had to get left out. So, and, so they're out and, and they we were kind of assume that would happen. But there were two things I'd point out. One, the USL rules dumb. You do not need a $50 million stadium for a minor league soccer team. I'm sorry. And I don't mean to be callous, but that's just the truth. Like, if you're putting a $250, $300 million renovation on a a 50,000-seat arena or an outdoor stadium, put your soccer team in there and figure out your rule. Your rule's stupid. And the second thing I'd point out on the baseball team is people don't go to the baseball games anymore. I go to the baseball game, so I think I feel like I have a right to say that. I'm a baseball fan, but people don't go to the games. They don't go to that stadium, and it has nothing to do, it appears, with the experience. It's just what's happened. You can put a new do you, video. Do you think the Redbirds have run their course as well? It's something that those, that those days are limited to your point about you know yes. attendance and everything else? Yes, that, and It, it and is a why. beautiful thing to yes. have that stadium down there, but to your point, the experience itself— even when they're winning, are they? they doesn't feel, matter. I know they've had some good. They'll have no. good nights, but it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're winning or losing. Has or it run its course in terms of, of 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 filling up that stadium and being on a night to night basis a draw? You've got to figure out a way to get people in that stadium, or it's not going to well, be. How here. do you do it's, it's it when you can't simple. renovate it? Yeah, it's not the chicken and the egg, in it. my opinion. Look at Nashville. Nashville Stadium is fifty I mean, years old. I feel both sides on this. I feel where the the city said, "Look, we're, you know, we're, we're helping you as coming. much as we can. We just helped you with our last renovation." But if you're not drawing, no, you're then not what, drawing. What leverage do you have? It's chicken and the egg. That's why people care about the Grizzlies, and that's why we're trying to figure out money to get FedEx Forum. But it, but it wasn't. I mean, it was the stadium that was the initial draw, and that's the thing. It feels like is that that's when it was worn new. off when it, when it was. It was. It was brand new. Yes. You wanted to get downtown. It felt fresh. Yes. And that has long worn off. And if the baseball isn't going to be enough to draw you down, and now you, you can't renovate this stadium that at one time did but now is not, Yes. I just I, I think it's a valid question to ask, well, what's the future for the Redbirds? I mean, it's, we know 901 FC's days were limited, it's but the what's reason the future why the Car- for the Redbirds? It's the there? reason why the Cardinals wanted to get out of AutoZone Park and not be part of owning the stadium or owning the team. They want Craig Unger and that company to own it and take the hit and spend the money and and have to you know figure and, and, out a and way and to I do it. And I saw in their release they said they've spent millions of dollars and in investment. And so did in Memphis. Terms of the- Memphis spent six million on a new football you know or a, new, a soccer utility field so you could use it for soccer. And then they put a new you know stadium board up. Like 
I'm sorry, and I and I feel like I have a right to say that because as, as a person who supports those franchises, but it is what it is, man. I like a lot of things that a lot of people don't go to. That's just my opinion on it. There are things that people go to that aren't supported like we'd like them to, but yep. you got to say it like it is, man. And we've talked about it with Tiger basketball, man. You, we need more butts and seats for Tiger basketball, and that's one of the most popular franchises in our city, and it happens to be the college basketball team. Am I, am I off here? No, I don't think so. I, and I'm not, not trying to, to get too animated about it, but it's just truth. Like, if you don't – it's like anything, Jason. If you don't want good things – to go away, you try to support them, and you have to have bodies supporting them. So well, that's feels like if, if 901 FC is going to survive and exist in Memphis, it's going to have to do it at AutoZone Park along with the Memphis it. Redbirds. There's there's no question about that. And if the if the Memphis Redbirds are to survive here in terms of long term future, I mean, it feels like AutoZone is going to have to find other streams of revenue, other sources of revenue to get that thing updated because as of this 350 from the state. Uh, they are they are out of the circle, but again, this well, is I think not, that's why they brought soccer in too. They were trying to get more revenue in the stadium. That's why the rules stupid. Like if you're trying to use soccer to leverage the stadium to make more money year round, it's stupid to have another stadium for soccer. It just is. That, yeah. I, I don't I don't think it's any. There's more to it than that. You know, um, we'll see what happens right now. Like we said, Redbirds on the uh, Redbirds and 901 FC on the outside looking in in terms of that 350 million dollars in state funding. Not a surprise. Next story. All right, new college football playoff rankings are out. We mentioned this in the uh, the open. The only movement there in the top ten was the fact that uh, Washington earned the number four spot and jumped. Uh, our man Mike Norvell in Florida State at number five. Uh, committee spoke on it, said it wasn't because of Jordan pra- uh, Jordan Travis uh, being knocked out of that game against North Alabama. We know now his uh, college career, the season certainly is over. It was what uh, what Washington did in terms of winning this week, and so. Um, listen, we, um, like we mentioned, no other change in the top 10. And here's, here, here's the thing, the funny thing about that ESPN does with this next year, you know, we start the college football playoff, right? 2024. I think, I think this time next year we'll be, I mean, we'll be, we'll be going crazy about bracket possibilities and everything else. The, uh, that first game I wouldn't looked would be uh, December first inaugural first round games of that 12 team college football playoff will feature one game Friday on December 20th. 2024, and you're going to get three games in that first round on the 21st. It's going to be outstanding. 12-team playoff. Can't wait for it to. Uh, can't wait for it to start. You know who would be playing Michigan if you did it this who year? Got? Uh, Michigan right now is number three, of course, in the college yeah. football playoff. But the, but obviously uh, they've got to play Ohio State. Right. And so uh, the way they they work this out is that Michigan would obviously drop mm. your, your highest conference finishers, your high, your conference uh, champions. And right now, since Ohio State is ranked above Michigan, they took Ohio State as highest ranked conference champion. So what that essentially does is put Michigan at the five spot. It'd be number twelve Tulane yeah. as the highest ranked okay. group of five school right now, taking on Michigan. In the first round, and the reason I'm bringing that up, guys, around here, yeah. is because that's the reason. That's why you should care about the trajectory of Tigers football. That's why you should want more. Is because this starts next year, and there is no promise that the American Athletic Conference, as we touched on yesterday, is still going to be thought of in terms of best thing outside the you know best thing in a group of five because you're losing SMU. And you look at the rest of this conference, and you look at the fact that UTSA and Tulane, at any point they lose their head coaches, that could go a different direction. But back to the point, even if you have UTSA strong, if you have Tulane strong and yours, that's not as strong as having an SMU is in there. So, so there is no promise 
that you'll still be considered the best spot outside the Power Five. That said, you have to go for it. And if you are, as Tulane is right now, you'd be have a shot, Memphis, at a college football playoff game against a team like Michigan. Who doesn't want to go for that? That's that's why fourth place finishes in the American shouldn't be acceptable. Amen. And they really shouldn't be acceptable after SMU leaves, guys. That's why for now, as I've continued to say, while we know that there's a spot for the group of five teams, the best, uh, the highest ranked group of five team to have this spot, you got to go for it. There isn't the promise, Brad. It probably is very likely that they're going to shut that off in a couple of years when they renegotiate this thing and the SEC says, we need more teams, and the, the Big Ten says, we need more teams. They're probably going to butt you out. But that's why this thing's so urgent right now, because you'd be too lame. Tell me you can't be Tulane in that spot playing in a first-round game against one of the big dogs from the Big Ten. You play in Ohio State or Michigan. Flip it if you want to and say say Michigan wins the title game, which very well could happen. You're playing Ohio State as a 12 seed. and th- I, mean, I, don't, I don't care that it'd be there or whatever else. The, how, how much electricity and energy is there with that? We love brackets and tournaments around here. That's why we, we, we're constantly, in terms of the expectation levels, expecting uh, you know ch- uh, deep runs in sure. the tournament from uh, the Memphis basketball team. I don't care if it would be a uh, uh, an absolute smashing, uh, which the likelihood it, it would be it, would, it is it would be mm-hmm. because you'd be the 12 seed. Just the opportunity to be at the table with the big dogs and have an opportunity to be in that game if you've got your program right. That's why it matters right now. That's right. That's why. That's why what's going on now. It needs to be better. And if if you are if 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 Laird Veach decides that's going to be you know with Ryan Silverfield with a, another two years on the deal and it feels like that's really the only direction he's got to go other than hey maybe you don't give him the extension but again I don't know how Ryan continues to sell the program and tells recruits I got security here if he's not given an extension so it feels like Laird sort of backed into a corner um, if he's the guy it's got to be better right. period again. 119th out of 133 schools on the defensive side. I, Brad, I heard this week folks pointing to that Memphis offense as the reason you didn't win that game against SMU. And I know Memphis's defense got a couple of stops late, one of them a field goal. It gave you a shot, and then you get the you know the ineligible receiver downfield, yeah. and it cost you an opportunity in terms of scoring and taking the lead. But I'm going to tell you this. Memphis's offense is not the reason they lost that game, y'all. Don't get it twisted. It was Memphis's defense. That's 119th in the country. You know what? You know what Memphis's offense is? 17th in the country. That's a wow. top 20. They're, they're carrying the that's load. That's a top 20 yeah. offensive outfit they're in the country, the Brad. Mm-hmm. You, you know the reason you've been able to skim by these bad teams and get by them? Mm-hmm. It ain't because ain't your defense got a couple of stops. It's because you got an offense that's averaging 40 points. That's right. And so th- this blaming of Seth Hennigan is throw for 10,000 yards or or the offense as a whole, because I didn't hear necessarily any individual blaming of Seth, but I heard the, the reason they lost to SMU is because that offense couldn't come through mm-hmm. in a couple of situations. No, the reason they lost to SMU is because they gave up 38 points. Right. And SMU carved them up in one drive in four plays. We're getting this ass backwards, y'all. That's right. The offense is ranked 17th in the country. They've been the only reason you're sitting here at 8-3. 100%. Yeah. No, so, that's, so it's, I, it's obvious. I, again, I, to, to hear that, I've heard it a couple of places this week that, you know, well, if they had just come through offensively, could have could have won that game. Offense is the reason you're sitting on these eight wins right now with the chance to get to 10. Okay. That's um, a, you're exactly and right. And the college football playoff coming up next year with a spot still for the best group of five team is the reason you need to be better. Right. Because that can be you next year. And maybe Seth Hennigan, maybe, maybe Seth Hennigan wants to come back for that. You know? Yes. When, you, when you're telling the media that you want to, you know, you're not done and, and AutoZone, we joked a little bit, maybe Seth already knows they're going to be playing in the Liberty Bowl. Right. But no, this sounded like a guy who was ready to come back 
after the loss to SMU. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe some of it's that. You know, you're already, I, we would imagine there are going to be schools that would be, would be happy to have a three-year starter who's thrown for 10,000 yards and throw a little money at Seth. I don't know if it'd be some high-level SEC team. Right. I don't know if it'd be a Big 12 team. I have no idea. But you can imagine that Seth Hennigan will have possibly some options, clearly. If he stays, Brad, maybe it's, maybe it's for that. Maybe, uh, again, we said this was Ryan Silverfield's biggest recruiting job this offseason was getting Seth to come back as a starter, right? Yeah. Because that's where you can start with. If you got a quarterback that you know could do it, you're off to a good start. It's probably the same again this year. Even if you end at 10 wins, again, with an AutoZone Liberty Bowl win, you don't get the same level of excitement going into next year if it's with a new quarterback than you do if, if, if it's Seth Hennigan coming back to try to get Memphis mm-hmm. to the best group of five slot and American Athletic Conference Championship, sure, but what it what would mean more is the chance to go up against a Michigan or Ohio State as a number 12 seed. Maybe that's how Seth sees it. Maybe that's why it'd be worth going for another round with these guys and this, you know, this this defense that that you know this year did not do its job uh, in the way that it needed to to go out and get big wins. May, again, I, I'm trying. I'm almost talking myself into it in terms of trying yeah. to, re- to get Seth back and get some excitement around here. Again, maybe if I'm Ryan Silverfield and I and I'm going back to Seth for the hundredth time, say, "Baby, you got to stay with me. We're going to finally get it done." It's that right? What yes. you're selling is yes. not just us being. I'm Ryan Silverfield. Not just yes. us, Seth, winning, finally getting you to an American Athletic Conference championship game, but the chance to be in the college football playoff as the American Athletic Conference champion, the chance that Tulane would have this year uh, if we had a CFP uh, going this year. It starts next year. Looking at next year's that's schedule. Need, that's why this should not. It, uh, this yeah. is not good enough. No, and if you're Ryan and you're coming back, you have to have Seth Hennigan come back. Like, well, that's it, what I'm saying. I yeah, mean, that's uh, the only thing. The only hard game you have next year, because the conference is going to be light. You don't have SMU in the conference. They haven't released the schedule for the conference, but it's that Florida State game. I mean, that's the only – because the other one – I mean, Troy will be hard – but you should beat Troy. You know, you should beat Middle Tennessee and, uh, of course, North Alabama. But Florida State will be the one that you're expected to lose for sure. But you need the quarterback. I'd you be, have to have the quarterback. Again, I want to make this point clear. I'd be dialing it back. I, I, I wouldn't be speaking with so much passion or urgency if there wasn't that spot at the college football playoff. Because then That's it'd right. be, you know what? Who cares? Hey, let's just go have some yeah, fun. Yeah. Let's win, let's win a couple of conference championships <laughs> right, every yeah. every couple of years. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll go to the Rice game. You know right. what I'm saying? And, yeah. and you just that it, it's different. I follow. When, I it's totally different, get it. Brad, when you can sell, mm-hmm. and 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 albeit it's a hard sell, but you can see the trophy and you can right. see a tournament that you can be a part of with the big dogs. That's and right. as long as again that spot is still open, yes. I think the urgency is warranted well, in what, terms yeah. of the the need for improvement with that football program. Again, it feels like it's going to have to be under Ryan Silverfield with the spot that Veach is in. When Justin was bringing the program back in those early years, the thing that made it fun, I was listening to like a low transmitter rate, like a, like one of those transistor radios because they didn't carry the UCLA game that first year when we were making the comeback in 13-14, I guess. It was 14, I guess. That first year, that wasn't a TV game. Like So I remember late at night listening to the UCLA game trying to get it on the radio because I felt like... They were there because it was a, we got a crack at UCLA, even if it was on the road, because they're going to get them at home later on. And that was the beginning of it. And now you look at these games where you get these opportunities to play in Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Now next year's, it's Florida State. I mean, that's an Appreciate L. Mike for that, too. Yeah, I mean, that's a big game. But you want to feel like you go into that game, not that you're necessarily going to win it, but that you've got a little bit of ammunition that, hey, 
you you never know. Like, you know, and so I hope my hope is we don't get away from that opportunity to knock off one of those people every so often. Does that you know what I mean? Need it, man. That's what you hang it's your hats on. That's what you hang your hats on. That's what gets people excited is wins over the big boys and uh this year as close as they were. And I, I suppose especially with Missouri. Uh, the Tigers deserve credit for that. But, again, Tulane, SMU, those were beatable opponents at your yeah, place. You yeah. did not get it done. You wanted to win them. Um, th- you know, how many years in a row are we going to say they need to show more progress this season? Right. Because that's what you're going to be saying going into the next year. And I tell you, even coming off of 10 wins, because, again, with all due respect, even with an AutoZone Liberty Bowl win, if that's what it ends up to be, what, eight, eight nine of those wins? Right. Hollow, Brad. I mean, the thing, it ain't, it ain't the same 10 wins that it was years ago, and especially in this mm-hmm. conference, it doesn't get people excited in the same way. Um, you were fourth in your conference. That's what you can't erase. Again, you were picked fourth, you finished fourth. That's not, that's not exceeding expectations. Right. That's not even meeting expectations. And so it's got to be better. It looks like it's going to have to be under Ryan Silverfield. I'm interested in what kind of changes, what do we see on the defensive side? To, because he does have a question. Do I do I go with a Matt Barnes and, and keep continuity there at least? Because what would it be, Barnes' third yeah. season next yeah. year? Or do I revamp it? Because what have you you've been through two coordinators now already, right? McIntyre, mm-hmm. uh, Barnes, do I do I revamp at all? I don't know. Uh, 119 out of 133 might call for a revamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but somebody's going to have to get, you know, it, it can't just be a deal where you're pointing the fingers at the players. There obviously have to be some sort sorts of changes doesn't feel like Memphis can get off of Ryan Silverfield at this point and actually might be in a position where it's got to offer him a contract extension. So I imagine the next thing down is, again, good chance you're you're replacing well, a defensive coordinator. Uh, uh, and I know, I've, yeah. I've heard it all, y'all. Injuries, everything else, and, oh, they got better players. Listen, in the end, it's about product and it's about results. That's what matters in terms of uh, college athletics. And so, I, again, don't want to hear the excuses. Well, the other challenge you're going to have is retaining Tim Cramsey because I yeah, he's the, up for the Frank Broyles. Like, and, and, and he's going to be like again, Seth is on the offensive side of the ball when it comes to somebody hiring that's what, him. I, that's, what, that's, what, that's part of the frustration for me. If you just had a defense that was average, right. you have a top 20 offense in the country, number 17 in mm-hmm. offensive efficiency, guys. Yeah. This offense, Cramsey's done a hell of a job. He's this good. Year. And He's good. Silverfield did what he said yeah. in terms of making said promise this offense was going to be more explosive. And, and, again, it's a tough conversation because what was his job? Go get more weapons for Seth Hennigan. Well, he did. Memphis is averaging 40 points per game this right, year. Yeah. But in fixing that, Brad, this part I, of the while, house while I was broke down while we were doing exactly. here. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the defensive side burned we down. We had a fire next to Jason and Smith's house it, while it, he was doing a nice thing. A thousand percent. And, and it, it, and it yeah. smoldered and it got hotter and it got hotter. And it, by the end of it, you're 119th out of 133. Right. you got a fire going. That's right. And your job is to be... At least even enough, you're on both as the yeah. head coach. And so ultimately, again, that's why it doesn't just it, – it stops with Ryan Silverfield. But you've got Ryan Silverfield, it feels like, as your head coach. And so I imagine, again, whether it's a Matt Barnes or a positional coach's uh, changes or what, uh, I imagine there's going to have to be some changes there. Got another one real quick. Next story. All right. We mentioned uh, Michigan and Memphis today, Battle for Atlantis. Opener, 4 p.m. That's exciting because it's a big game vibe and a quad one opportunity for Memphis. Uh, We also mentioned, I want to get into real quick, the Maui Invitational. We got plenty of Tennessee Vols fans uh, here in this town. And yesterday had a chance to take down number two, 
Sounded like you were watching this game too, Brad. 71-67, they end up coming up short. Both teams shoot under 36%. 51 fouls called. I was watching. God. It felt like an NCAA tournament yeah. game. Number one, because Billis, Billis was on it. Yep. But number two, because of how physical the damn thing was. Yeah. Uh, guys were on the floor. I think one Tennessee player got a flagrant called on him for uh, one, or, you know, knocking a Purdue player out of the air, going up for a dunk and a hard hit to the head. That's the kind of game it was uh, uh, going up against Big Edie, uh, the center, the Zach Edie, the mm-hmm. center for the Purdue Bowlermakers. We mentioned Tennessee comes up short. They weren't able to make shots down the stretch. Uh, Bescovy was in foul trouble. That was big. And then Zakai Ziegler, uh, 2 of 11 from the floor. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie to you, though, Brad. I know Tennessee lost this game. Mm-hmm. And, listen, they'll get a shot at number one. Today in the third place game, uh, is that game is has that game already started? It might be a one thirty start. I'll check the time. No, it's late. It's a we're having it on WMC seven ninety. So it's a later on. A, yeah, it's a two o'clock tip, a one thirty pregame. They'll play Kansas today in a shot to take down number one again after losing to the Boilermakers. I was like, but I'm gonna tell you this, I liked the Connect kid. He's good. Uh, K N E C H T, but pronounced yeah. Connect. Transfer from Northern Colorado. Yes, you put him with Vescovy, and you got a Vescovy that's not in foul yeah. trouble. And again, it felt like the entire Tennessee team was in foul trouble. But that's the kind of night it was. I just I like the shot making that backcourt's capable of. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see with the bigs. Their bigs were in foul trouble too, but I don't know, man. I, I, even with the loss, I still like the looks of yeah. this Tennessee team, and I think. You know, Zakai Ziegler is going to have better than two of eleven nights from the floor. We've seen it. He's a defensive menace, but he's going to he's going to go better than one of seven mm-hmm. from three. Uh, Tennessee again shot just twenty six point seven percent. But I ju- I just like the way that team yeah. is constructed. Uh, they lost a stud to Michigan, the Kamwa kid. That's that Memphis is going to see today. Connect but, might be better though. But I mean, the, well, he might be a better player. Well, he's he's a shooter yeah. and a forward and everything. He's else. big enough. He My can point, guard. I don't know if they're if their bigs are yeah. you know their bigs are solid, but I don't know if there is anybody's as good as the Kamwa kid. What he's no. doing in Michigan this year, it'd have been nice to still have him. I guess he looked, he's good. He's a graduate transfer, so yeah. I guess he's a. I guess he had a better situation in Michigan, maybe money. a better deal or money. Yeah. Or Although Michigan didn't want to pay Hunter Dickinson. No, but that's I think, why, I think that's they got, a, le- they got a lesser now. priced Hunter Dickinson um, version is what they did. Uh, no Tennessee loss, but I would. my point, I would not be surprised if no. they get up off the uh, off the mat today and knock off Kansas because I like the looks yeah. of this, uh, this Tennessee team that came into that game uh, ranked number seven in the country. And then we mentioned it earlier, um, Purdue is going to take on Marquette now in the championship, and that comes after Marquette. And I mentioned they're number four in the country. They've got a Memphian, Cam Jones, as a starter for them. Had 10 points in this game uh, uh, that helped them beat Kansas. Had, I don't know if you saw, but had Kansas and Bill Self hot. Shotgun yeah. and Bill Self were going back and forth. There was a lot of talking with the benches, and there was kind of a there had to be a separation yes. at one point, and Bill Self said, Oh, this is unbelievable what they're doing. Yeah. But it looked to me like Kansas had done just as much talking. Uh, and so you'll have that game at 4 p.m. Yeah, that Tennessee-Kansas game, I got it at one thirty. It's good. It's is it one thirty? So I got a 1, on 1 o'clock pregame, I one, should yep, say. 1 o'clock yeah. pregame here. I had two Eastern. That's a one thirty tip. That game will be on ESPN, but you can hear it here. And then the Purdue-Marquette championship game of the Maui Invitational will be at 4. We won't be watching it because we will all be tuned in, I'm assuming, at least locally, we will all be tuned in, I'm assuming at that point, to ESPN2, where again, your Memphis Tigers will be taking on uh, the Michigan Wolverines. Hopefully, Jawan Howard's on the sideline. Sounds like he might not be, has not been for the first few games of the season. We know Penny Hardaway is back. Uh, Big game vibes. Big game college basketball going on right now in these uh, early season tournaments. It's got me ready for some turkey. Uh, and certainly a much-needed break. Let's pay some bills. We'll be back, uh, wrap up hour number two. We got Mark Giannato. 
coming up at 125. You guys will want to join us, certainly, for that. Stay with us for that. We're going to talk to him about Fred Smith, what he's done, obviously, with the $50 million donation to the University of Memphis, largest in school history. Also going to talk some Memphis, Michigan with him. Y'all know Mark's the president of Mr. Wolverine uh, over here. So we're going to talk about what he thinks of today's matchup uh, before we get you set for the Giannato and Jeffrey show uh, that runs at 2 o'clock from 2 to 4. You should be listening to as well. You're listening right now to Jason and John, 929 FM ESPN. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Wrap it up, hour number two on a Wednesday. It certainly feels like a Friday with Thanksgiving coming up tomorrow. And with Thanksgiving will come NFL football. And I do miss my man. There are times when I don't miss John. And that's uh, particularly when he's talking about how good the FAU Owls are. <laughs> like, I don't need to hear that, and especially now. That didn't work like, out so good. Did you not? You know, crazy thing real quick. Yeah. You know, Phil Martelli Jr. is actually the coach of that Bryant team. Phil Martelli, the, you'll face From him. Michigan? As, Phil Martelli is the interim at Michigan, right? You'll, right, you'll yeah. see him possibly, probably on the sidelines in place of Juwan Howard. Former his, his son mm-hmm. was the is the interim right now at Bryant, the team that knocked off John Martin's FAU out. I don't yeah, know that, about that. that. Brian's, think he'd be good. Bryant's coach like resigned or got fired early in the season because they were off to a bad start. Right. They put Phil Martelli Jr. in there, and they freaking beat FAU. He yeah. turned it. Maybe so, he'd get so, him job out so, of it. So the uh, Phil yeah. Martelli, you know, he could yeah. he could really <laughs> the Phil Martellis could hurt you in a couple of different ways here because yeah. as much as we laughed at FAU about losing that game, it's not a good thing for the AAC. It ain't a good thing for when Memphis plays FAU that they've come down a peg. Both yeah. Ken Palm from the athletics the analytics standpoint, when you lose a game like that, it's absolutely not a good thing. And then of course losing to Dad today yes. would be an awful thing because then instead of facing most likely a ranked Arkansas team, uh, what on 
on Thursday, mm-hmm. you're facing Stanford, and and you lose out on a a, a quad one opportunity. Well, for for John, so. usually because he gambles heavily and he's a he's quite but, the prognosticator on the NFL. I I respect his NFL knowledge. But like yes, back to the NFL, yes. and uh, yeah, it'd be nice to know which way my man, my man's leading on one particular mm-hmm. game. I'll get there. Uh, your Thanksgiving lineup, yep. kind of meh. Packers, Lions, uh, Detroit's a seven and a half point favorite. Although the Packers looked decent last week against the Chargers, uh, you guess you could make a case that's what the Chargers did not do. Uh, Commanders and Cowboys is your three thirty game. We'll have that. Cowboys, there you go. We'll have it right Thanks. here on 929 FM ESPN. Appreciate that. Uh, Cowboys twelve and a half point favorites there, and then the nightcap yep. uh, tomorrow night when you're feeling real sleepy after that turkey. 49ers <laughs> at Seahawks, and again, this is a Seahawks team that's six and four. Yeah. Uh, but the way the Niners are playing now, healthy now. Uh, got them lined up as seven and a half point favorites. That sounds about right to me. We're going to have a Black Friday game mm-hmm. on Prime Video. Again, heavy favorite here. Dolphins nine and a half point favorites over the Jets. Uh, Jets team that has benched Zach Wilson. <laughs> so not. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It'll be great to have football over the next couple of days, but they're not incredibly great matchups. The big matchup uh, obviously comes when we see Bill. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.